0: Hello, everyone. I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 6 and 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to pick up where we left off, and I'm going to continue today. Uh, on this idea of the apostolic governing church. And I'm just meandering now, seeing what the Holy Spirit would have us to do and say and take my time. Is that all right with you? So uh, we're going to break some generational curses today, right? And already that topic, you know, there's been uh, grave misunderstanding concerning concerning generational curses, what they are, where they come from, how they exist. And uh, we're going to try to dismiss some of those notions today and enlighten you in other areas concerning generational curses. Um, And by so doing, I believe that revelation will bring uh, what you need to enjoy deliverance from a generational curse. Um, If you look up the word curse in the dictionary, you're going to find this definition, a solemn utterance to invoke a supernatural power to bring or to inflict pain or punishment on another person. Uh, Let me recite that again. Curse, a solemn utterance to invoke a supernatural power to bring pain or punishment or to inflict pain or punishment on a person or a family. That's a curse. A curse is when you wish something on someone. When you say, I wish they would just wreck that car and die. Um, Curses are when you utter things and you mean it from the depth of your heart that you hope something bad happens to someone. That's a curse. The problem with those kinds of curses is a curse has... Uh, an ability to boomerang on you. Yeah. Yeah. You have to watch what you speak because the manifestation doesn't always happen in the place you're sending the dialogue. It'll come back on you and begin to form a world you're not ready to live in. Right. Oh, Lord. Right. Amen. Amen. This is not in my notes, by the way. We're just we just going to flow for a minute. This is things I'm thinking about right now. Um, be careful with inner vows. By the way, in a moment, you might want to start preparing a seed offering of of $40. 40 is the number of a generation. We're going to plant seed toward breaking generational curses today. And if you don't want to participate in that, that's fine, but a seed breaks a cycle. I'll just leave that there. So, there's this terminology referred to as inner vows, inner vows. This, again, not in my notes, I'm just going to flow with what I'm feeling. An inner vow would be a promise to yourself, okay? So you've been hurt in a relationship before, and you make a promise to yourself, I'll never make myself that vulnerable again. So what you've done is you've just fortified yourself to the point of not ever exposing yourself to the opportunity to be in now a healthy relationship because you formed a paradigm on all relationships based on the relationship that hurt you in your past. So you've limited your future and you've established a stronghold that ultimately, evolves into a curse in your life because isolation has never been capsuled or or summed up by God as a place of blessing. You were not born to exist alone. You were born for relationship. So now you're caught in a stronghold, a fortified place where you will not expose yourself to anyone else. Thus, you're living under a curse. Y'all with me so far? So another inner vow would be like this. Uh, A father saying, in my family, we don't say I love you to our children. Men, men do not do that. Men do not say I love you to your kids. I'm amazed at how many people I've met in my life that never heard their father say, I love you. That is diametrically opposed to the father heart of God in Scripture. So inner vows can become word curses. An inner vow that would say, we don't hug, we do not hug. So you teach that to your kids. And there's never the show of affection, much less affirmation. So now they're locked in a world of your words. And you wonder why people are like they are. And it's because it's been spoken over them for so long that it's formed them. It's forged them. So now you saw a daddy that was real awkward when it came to affirming and touching and hugging and loving. And now you see a son... Acting the same way, or y'all—is that making sense to you? So be careful with your inner vows. Where you—I'll just use my my name for an example. The Hawkins men do not do that. Or the Hawkins men are proud. When you say those words, you are speaking word curses. Woo man. Um. So we're going to deal with some of that atmospherically today, but spiritually we're going to go much deeper. Okay, all of that is just superficial, practical things that we should understand that have this real strong spiritual connotation attached to them. And I really do think that the church universally has become so analytically processed that we have a hard time discerning the Spirit of God. We have a hard time picking up on the Holy Spirit is in the room right now. Because if we can't process it analytically, we're not interested. Are you all with me? But Jesus said the Father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and truth. Let's go to our text. Is everybody good? Will you lift your hands one more time? Father, enlighten the eyes of our understanding. And I pray even as we preach and teach today that you will break generational curses. You will dismiss generational spirits. And I pray that the spirit of these people, not just their soul, not just their mind, but the spirit of these people will be engaged. And I thank you for it now. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. You could almost quote it by now, couldn't you? Against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, where? In high places. We're going to talk about those fears on Wednesday night. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, for the weapons of our, the Greek word would be strategies, are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. They are mighty through God, and by them we demolish Sophistries, we'll talk about it on Wednesday Casting down imaginations and every high thing That exalts itself against the knowledge of God And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ Are you ready? Ask your neighbor, are you ready? Tell your other neighbor, it's on in the building right now Amen See now there is a difference in a generational curse and a generational consequence. All right, there's a difference in a generational curse and a generational consequence. The question is, could generation could a generational curse be a function of sowing and reaping that is passed down from one generation to the next See saints of God we must we must be careful with blame Come on in the building We must be careful with blame It's easy to say I am where I am because of something my father and my mother did We must remember that for the most part we are where we are because we've decided ourselves to be there. Many people are calling curses or calling consequences curses. And really you're just suffering the result of what you decided to do and be. <laughs> you can break a curse, but a consequence God ain't got nothing to do with it. <laughs> and the devil don't either. You did that all by your silly self. Hard to bind the devil when you did it. <laughs> he wasn't even in the room. Galatians 6.8 says, Those who live only to satisfy their sinful nature will harvest decay. Doesn't say nothing about the devil. Will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. For those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. King James Version says it like this. Those who live only to to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death. The King James Version says, a man reaps what he sows. If he sows to the sinful nature, from the sinful nature, he will reap ultimately death. Let me just for the sake of clarity and context revert back to the beginning of time, all right? And share some things with you concerning the curse. We were all, we were all born. Under the curse of the original sin. And the fact is, we all have to deal with the consequences of learned behavioral patterns passed down through family lines, genealogies, and lineages. Here's my perspective generational consequences are a result of bad decisions made by one of your ancestors and you patterned that behavior and you reaped the same result. Can I read that one more time? This is my perspective. Generational consequences are a result of bad decisions that were made by one of your ancestors and you patterned their behavior and you reaped The same result, generational curses are evil learned behaviors that were passed down from one generation to the next generation. The difference between a consequence and a curse is the curse is supported by a demonic influence that is assigned to your family and it is assigned to your generation. Should I read that one more time? The difference between a consequence and a curse is the curse is supported by a demonic influence that is assigned by a principality to your family and to your generation. Here's a definition for a generational curse. A condition that holds people in a cyclical or circular motion. Whoo, help me, Holy Ghost. Generational curse. Here it is. A condition that holds people in a cyclical or circular motion. Now, a curse and often be deceptive sound like a rocking chair up here oh. something's rocking oh that thing is moving now i see it it is making noise come out of there Sometimes you got to oil the thing. (laughs) Get some WD 40 on it. Generational curse, a condition that holds people in a cyclical, (laughs) now I'm tickled, or a circular motion. Now, a curse can be very deceptive. Why is that? Because disorientation happens. Motion does not denote progress. Movement does not denote advancement. So for you to think, if I work just like my dad worked, and do the same methods, movements, and motions that he did, I may get to a different place, is insanity. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. That's insanity. So a lot of people are in the same motion, the same movement, let me redefine it. A same cyclical or circular condition. They're wanting to go forward, but they keep going around the same place. There's a reason you're no further than your grandfather was. Strongholds are curses or learned behavior patterns. All right. Keep working on it, Pastor Rick. I wrote a book. I know a guy that wrote a book. The book is called The Blessing. In the book, there's a few paragraphs that read like this. The power of a curse rests in its repetition. Just as blessings are passed down, so are curses. A curse is always the result of a choice. According to Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, we can choose life and blessing or we can choose death and cursing. Therefore, patterns of abuse, incest, divorce, poverty, any ungodly sequence in a lineage can be referred to as a generational curse. Repeating the pattern or the curse creates a vortex that pulls your succession into the cycle and pulls your posterity into the same pattern. passed down from one generation to the next generation. Can I keep going? We're going to preach in a minute. Learned behaviors are observed and repeated among family. Learned behaviors are first observed and then repeated among family. Mindsets must be challenged and changed before curses can be broken. If you never challenge the mindset, it'll never change. What you don't challenge will not change. Do not complain or rebuke what you tolerate. Many generational curses are passed down through generational lines because of rebellion. Exodus 34, 7 says, God punishes the children and their children for the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. Let's work on that. What we see exhibited, I'm still reading from my book, by the way, and exemplified in our families we tend to repeat. Results and consequences follow those decisions. The curse to the third and fourth generation is what they suffer as a result of a rebellious father. You say, is that fair? Let me keep reading. The curse is then carried on when the behavior of the son it's the same as the behavior of the father. Is it resonating with you now? If you feel like you have been dealing with a curse that has been passed down to you, you didn't ask for it. It's been passed down to you, be encouraged. Because there is freedom from that cycle and from those chains of bondage. How do I know? Ezekiel 18 verse 1. This is God's message to you. What do you people mean by going around the country repeating the saying, the parents ate green apples and the children got the stomach ache"? As sure as I'm the living God, you're not going to repeat this saying in Israel anymore. Every soul, listen carefully, man, woman, and child belongs to me, says God every parent and child alike. You die for your own sins, not for someone else's sins. You die for your own sins, not your daddy's sins. Do you see the prophet's revelation concerning the curse? The curse is just a result of a son repeating the pattern of a father generational curse there's always a redemptive gift. Come on in this building. I know where I'm going See, woo. For every generational curse there's always a redemptive gift. In order for the cycle to stop and the curse to be broken someone has to break the cycle. It's very simple. Someone in the line, someone in the genealogy has to say, we're not going to be like everyone that went before us. Talk back to me. I'm not going to repeat the same thing granddaddy did because I do not want to reap the same result that he reaped by living like he lived. I dare you to shout as loud as you can. It's my turn now. Can we work on it a little bit? Mark chapter 5 verse 15. That was the teaching part. Let's get to the preaching part. Mark chapter 5 verse 15. And they came to Jesus and they saw him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion. Not just one devil. Many devils. This man is now sitting and clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid. Mark 5, 19, Jesus tells this man who was possessed by the devil that is now clothed and in his right mind. Why would the Bible say that? Because he was naked and out of his mind. That's what the Bible says. Verse 19, after he's delivered and his mind is right. Jesus said, go home to your friends and tell them what I did. Now, can I help you today? Every other miracle that Jesus did to this point was capsulated with these words. Tell no man. Don't tell anybody. But when it came to deliverance for a captive, He didn't say, Don't tell anybody. He said, Tell everybody. Why? Because you overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. If you want to gossip about something, gossip about yourself. Talk about yourself. Tell your experience. Tell your testimony. Tell everybody. Come on, somebody shout. Tell everybody. Don't keep your testimony to yourself. Jesus said, "Go tell everybody what great things God has done for you." When is the last time you vocalized your victory? When is the last time you verbalized your victory and you told people, "Once I did this, I did but God delivered me from that." Let's work on it. He said, "Now go tell how great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. So the man left and he began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. (laughs) They must have known the fellow. (laughs) Have you ever given your testimony to people that knew you? It's one thing to give your testimony to people that don't know you. But when you give your testimony to people that know you, that was caught in that cycle with you, there's always a different response. They're like, what? You? Decapolis. Publish it in Decapolis. I want to stay here for a moment. Decapolis is mentioned three times in the New Testament. Decapolis means ten cities. Deca, ten the cities but it also means the suffix polis means to bustle about in the city as if you were in a battle Hmm. Decapolis it is a series Decapolis a series of encounters or battles mostly or often a major part of the time what does this insinuate The major part of your time or most of your time is spent in a battle of some sort. Jesus said, go publish your testimony in the place you've been battling. Ten means the cycle or the whole cycle has been completed. I'm going to stop. I'm gonna stop right there for just a minute. And I'm gonna tell you that many of you have been caught in a circular motion You've been, been caught in a cyclical condition. You're just going around in circles and you can't seem to break this habit. You can't seem to let go of this addiction. You can't seem to get away from this curse. And I did not come and prepare this message for you under the auspices of the Holy Ghost and the authority of the name of Jesus to tell you I'm just going to preach it and you're going to walk out of here just like you came in. No, I came to tell you that today if you want it, the cycle can stop. The curse can be broken. Somebody shout, it's over today. It's over today. Okay, now, now watch this. The cycle, a cycle is a wheel. The interval of time during which a sequence of recurring succession of events is completed. The cycle is complete. The cycle is complete. The cycle is complete. Jesus said, go back to your cycle, your ten cities that are, gre- that are steeped in sophistry and Greek rhetoric and learning. Go back to your philosophers who have reasoned with you spiritually through an argumentative uh, pattern to convince you that you are like you are because of something that was passed to you and let them all know that the cycle is complete. See, a cycle left alone becomes a circuit. It is a circular line that forms a pattern in someone's life. If the circuit continues long enough, you're going to stay in the cycle. Are you all with me? The circle of thoughts form a cycle of life. What is the answer, Pastor Rick? Short circuit the cycle. Woo! I'm going to say it again. Short circuit the current and break the cycle. We are here today anointed to short circuit The cycle and break the pattern. What does it mean to short circuit something? It's when the current that's going through the wires does not travel the normal path that you call the circuit. Sometimes this happens. I love the Holy Ghost. When the insulation of the wire is damaged and touches another wire. Let me let me draw it out for you. The circuit that has been built in you is insulated by a stronghold. And a strong man. Jesus said when a stronger man shows up, he binds the strong man and takes his spoil. Today, there's going to be a wire called the Holy Ghost that's going to cut through your insulation, going to cut through every spirit that is trying to fortify you in that cycle, and he's going to set you free. What are you saying, Pastor? Divine interruption is about to happen in your life. Divine interruption is about to happen in your life. Micah, chapter 2 verse 13 says the breaker is come up before them they have broken up and have passed through the gate and they've gone by it and their king shall go before them and the Lord is at the head of them if one breaks the cycle it creates a gravitational pull for everybody that's following them to break the same cycle Are y'all with me? If God can get one to break the circular cycle, if one can say I'm out, then it creates a vortex, a gravitational pull to everyone else that is in the same cycle and those who are succeeding you that will not have to suffer from that cycle because you said it stops with me. I'm gonna keep preaching. And that requires a breakout. And sometimes that happens with suddenness and with godly force. Jesus meets this man at gatherings. Whew. Look at what someone would say, we've come full circle, it's over today. This day had to come for this cycle to end. Give me, uh, give me 10 men, just 10 men. Just give me 10 men, just 10 10 men, it don't matter. Now, I got one, thank you, Pat, two, uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, y'all come on up here, Uh, nine, okay, I think that's 10, is that 10 there? Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, I think I need one more, there you go, Josh, 10, awesome. All right, guys, here's, very simple, I just want you to get in a circle. Just just get in a circle there. There you go. Not real hard. Just in a circle. There you go. There you go. Awesome. That's that's awesome, guys. Let's count it now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We got nine or ten. Oh, I missed Brad. Okay, ten. There you go, ten. All right. Everyone face this way. That way. Now just make a circle facing. Yeah, there you go. There you go, There you go. There you go. Good job, fellas. Give it up for the ten. All right. When I say go, y'all just start walking in a circle. Go. All right. There you go. They're moving, but they ain't going nowhere. They've got motion, but there ain't no progress. Are you with me right now? They have created a vortex that all it can do is move and not go anywhere. This is a curse. This is the circuit. This is the ten cities that the the demon-possessed man would visit in order to fortify his curse. But Jesus showed up. The breaker has come. Somebody shout, the breaker has come. What does a breaker do? The breaker cuts in line. And the breaker says, you've been going this way long enough. Everybody bow face. Now we're going to go this way. Come on, guys, now walk the opposite direction. Now, why? Because somebody brought a divine interruption to the cycle. And that was what Jesus did for this man. I need a young man under 25. Just give me a, y'all just keep walking, fellas. You're not going to get dizzy yet. Come on. One, one young guy under 25 that's got some nerves. Come, come up here. Come on up here, buddy. Come on. Come on. You the man. Come on, my brother. Awesome. Now watch this. Watch this. This is one generation, another, and it's just passed down. Same pattern. Walking the same path, doing the same stupid stuff, addicted to the same things. Pawpaw was an alcoholic. Grandson is alcoholic. This guy's in poverty He's in poverty. Do you know that 50 to 90% of men who molest children were molested themselves? It's called a curse. Divorce is a curse. It's a mindset that keeps being repeated in a family. Adultery was seen and rehearsed again. But somewhere, at some time, somebody wakes up and says, I'm not living how they live. It is a curse to keep repeating the same stupid stuff. Talk back to me in this building. Somebody has got a slide in line that says, y'all keep going that way, that says, I ain't going that way, I'm going this way. Or y'all, would keep walking that way, buddy. Keep walking the opposite way, just like you're doing, until finally somebody catches hold to, hold on. If he can be delivered, so also I can be delivered, If he can be saved, I can be saved. If he can be born again, I can be born again. And before long, you have turned an entire generation around because the breaker came in. One person said, I am not living like that. All right, all y'all just stop. Just stop. I know you're probably dizzy by now. Just hold on. I want you to shout this as loud as you can Leave and live. Say it again. Genesis twelve one, God says to Abram, Leave your country, leave your kindred, leave your family and go. Sometimes, come here, young man. Sometimes God will say, I'm not even going to use you to reverse the trend in your family. I'm going to exodus you to start a whole new trend in another area. They're going to hear about it and find you. And I'm going to build a nation to talk back to me. I'm going to build a nation. The root word for kindred is kind. Genesis tells us that every seed produces after its if the seed is in him and he and his wife give birth to him then the seed produces after its kind. And before long, you realize I am caught in a vortex called Egypt that I can't get out of. Louisiana was my Egypt. Can I tell you, if I would have remained in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I would have been, number one, a welder. Number two, I would have certainly been in prison. Number three, I would have been a drug addict. Number four, I would have been an alcoholic. Number five, there's no telling what else I would have done. How do I know it? Because my family in the region has proved it. Some of them came out and went the other way and it's caused great revival. But God didn't tell me to stay there and go the other way. God told me to leave your kind and go to a land I will show you. Your deliverance is in your ability to leave your kind. I dare you to shout, I ain't like everybody else. I'm not born to be that way. God saved me to deliver me from the cycle, from the curse, from the pattern, from the kind, from the seed. God called me out. Tell your neighbor, get out, get out, get out. I never said don't love them. I never said don't stay in touch with them. I never said don't send them gifts. I never told you don't go to the Christmas party and the Thanksgiving dinner. But honey, you can't live in that same atmosphere, in that same region, in that same cycle and expect to be the head and not the tail. I dare you to jump on your feet and shout, I'm coming out, I'm coming out, I'm coming out. Have you ever noticed that people in your family with the mindset that is alike, they her together? All the cocaine-sniffing people, they hang together. All the clubbing people hang together. All the weed people hang together. Are y'all with me? Because we think alike. We have minds alike. We are the same kind. I can identify with you. Somebody has to break the pattern. I'm going to end the message. Hang with me, brothers. You know what? This demoniac at gatherings was delivered, clothed, and put in his right mind, that guy. Most people leave this verse out. I read to you way down in chapter 5. Way down in chapter 5. But when you go back up to the beginning of chapter 5, the guy that was delivered, clothed, and in his right mind, that used to live in the tombs, cutting himself, naked, and the Bible says driven, is now delivered, clothed, and in his right mind. Yeah. Nobody, nobody goes to this verse, though. Verse 6 says, when that guy... Saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. Wait a minute, hold on, hold on, Pastor. Wait a minute now. You telling me that before the guy was delivered, before he was clothed, and he's still naked, chains on him cutting himself, saw Jesus, ran to him, and he did what? He worshipped him. Your worship is the only thing that opens the door for divine interruption. I'm done with the whole closed, I don't worship, I don't lift my voice, I don't praise, I'm not that kind of person. If you want deliverance, you're gonna lift your voice and worship him. You want the cycle to stop, you gotta worship. He will work if you worship. Don't wait to be set free to worship. Worship until you are set free. When he worshiped, Jesus invaded the insulation of the cycle and broke the pattern. Jesus never brought the divine interruption, where's my boy, until the boy started worshiping. Hit the circle one more time, brothers. Lift your hands, young man. Stop. Stop worshiping. Walk. Worship. Stop. Walk. Worship. Lift those hands. Stop. The cycle and worship can't dwell in the same house. Are y'all hearing me? When you start worshiping, demons start trembling. They start backing up. They start running off because they know they cannot inhabit you while you are worshiping God. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to give God praise until you've worship his worship short circuited the cycle am I right Woody you can short circuit the cycle and trip the breaker when you worship the cycle the curse stops we don't have a need for church members We have a need for worshipers. Here's my conviction. You want an apostolic governing church? You got to be a church filled with worship to God. it don't take all that that's what your mind is saying it don't take all that how much did it take for you to become a meth head how much did it take for you to become addicted you gave all that you gave up your family You gave up your job. You gave up all kind of relationships just so you could be a drug addict. But you can't lift your voice and give God a praise that makes people around you uncomfortable. I'm gonna give you 10 seconds to lift your voice. worship him until the cycle locks up. Now we almost there take 10 more seconds and lift your voice and tell God, thank you for delivering me from drugs. Thank you, Lord, for healing me from divorce. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me from adultery. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me from sexual impurity. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me from fornication. Thank you, God, for delivering me from every curse I saw in my family. Tell your neighbor it stops with me. Here's my fear. I told you of the first time I heard this revelation in South Africa. First time I ever heard this. I hear the Holy Ghost telling me to tell you Don't be so addicted to what you think is devotion that you cannot express your emotion to God. I throw that out there. The Holy Ghost just said that. Now, I told you when I first heard of this revelation, I was in South Africa. Preached for 28 straight days. What a move of God we had. Apostles from all over the world. We're dialoguing about the apostolic anointing, apostolic appointment, apostolic governing church, breaking generational curses, dismissing generational spirits. This is like, I'm like this, and it's sinking in. I'm getting it. I'm making sense. I got it. Yes, that's right. That makes sense. That's why I'm like I am. That's why I was doing like I was doing. started making sense to me. Then they said something They rocked my world. They said, if America, if the church in America had good sense, they would dismiss children's church. I was offended. Because at that time, we only had like 300 kids in our children's church. I was like, what did you, how could you say that? And three of them told me at the same time, they rehearsed the same words. You cannot let your children be in another room, watch, and repeat what they see at home but not see you in church. If they see you worshiping in here, because I can tell you, you don't worship at your house like you worship in here. And children need to see mama and daddy. They need to watch it. If you watch little bitty babies one-year-old and somebody will be holding them daddy will be holding them and daddy's worshiping you look at that one-year-old baby and that doesn't even know what he's doing he'll start going he don't know what he's doing but he's seeing daddy do it what are you saying pastor rick if we can repeat a curse can't we repeat the blessing We're not fixing closed children's church down, don't get nervous. But I believe about once a month. We need them babies in here, especially during worship service. During worship service, don't you stand there, you old bump on the log. And your kids looking at you going, well, my dad don't even raise his hands in church. He don't even, he don't even worship in church. Then you raise a child that looks like this in church. y'all ain't liking it but i know i'm on your toes y'all rub your feet when you get home but i came to tell you it's time to start showing our kids the good side showing them the god side showing them the blessed side if they can see you lose your temper in your house why can't they see you shed tears in the presence of god in the sanctuary Say, Pastor Rick, I've got this habit that's ungodly. It's like an addiction to me. I'm caught in a cycle I can't seem to break. I dare you to come up here because God is about to set you free. God's, I'm telling you, you say, Pastor, I've been fighting the curse for as long as I can remember. Come up here if you want to be set free today. Anyone else? Come on. You say, that's it. The cycle ends right here. The curse breaks today. The curse of whatever, whatever it is that is a learned behavior and a pattern in your mind, come up here and God's going to set you free. Divine interruption today. Everyone say, short circuit the cycle. How do you short circuit? You do it by worshiping, you do it by praying, you do it by being delivered. Can you say amen to that? God is good. Guys, can you lift your hands just to show of strength? Come on, Jamie, step out of here.